Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Books Are Chic. We have a Books Are Chic first um, of four guests at once, and (laughs) this is an Audible original story that we're going to be talking about. And I am so thrilled to be able to welcome this fabulous foursome um, to the podcast. We have Miss Kimberly Bell, Vanessa Lilly, Lane Fargo, and Kate Hollihan today with us. And we are celebrating their upcoming Young Rich Widows Audible Original. So welcome, ladies. Thank you for having us. So many firsts. I know so (laughs) many firsts, like it's a big day to celebrate for everything. So I'm so excited. I was saying I had the opportunity to get like a sneak peek at this and it is so, so, so good. Like any thriller women's fiction fan will totally gobble this right up. Um, But let's just go around and sort of get, and I'm sure everyone listening will be fans of all of you singularly but as a group too and I hope there's more to come from from you guys and we can talk about that too but let's just go around and like intro and and give us a little backstory to like how you got here and and your solo books and stuff like that so we can start with you Kimberly so okay I'm Kimberly Bell and I have um seven solo books out now my latest is my darling husband um what else (laughs) What else? Um, <laughs> you have a podcast. To turn in number you eight. have a podcast. That's right. You have yeah. a podcast. Yeah, exactly. I'll be your publicist, Kim. I'm. This is Vanessa. I'm your <laughs> <Please>. publicist. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Vanessa. Yes. So, but did we say the name of the podcast? Is it Killer? We did not. Okay. What's it called, Kim? Oh, sorry. The Killer Author Club. I'm yeah. really awake. I've had coffee today. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not really a podcast. It's like an, a live show that we do on Facebook and YouTube. And I do it with Heather Gudenkopf and Kara Ruda. And we do, it's called the Killer Author Club. And we interview authors about why they kill, how they kill, what they kill, when they kill, how they get away with killing, all the killing stuff, fictional, of course. Um, and it's, it's a blast. We do it every other Tuesday and all the, um, all the episodes are listed on upcoming episodes on my website, KimberlyBellBooks.com. It's really fun. You guys are a good trio to talk about killing. and <laughs> We have a blast. Kills. Yes. Okay, Vanessa. Yeah, so I've written two thrillers um, for the best, which I kind of wrote after having my son and being a new mom and wanting to explore um, the dark side of motherhood. Um, And wait, did I just call that one? So Little Voices is that one. And then For the Best was my second one. I don't know if I said the wrong thing. I need more coffee too. Um, uh, And it, and they're both set in Rhode Island, um, which is where I live now. And um, also where our new, Audible original is set, except for it's in 1985 Providence, which is different um, than my contemporary books. Um, And I, in addition to writing, I also have um, a weekly Instagram live show with authors the night before their book comes out. Twas the night before book launch. So if anyone's on the gram, give me a follow um, and join us for that. We always have a giveaway too. Super fun. Wayne? Uh, yeah, I'm Lane Fargo. I also have two books out so far. My first one is called Temper, and it is set in a very messed up theater company in Chicago, which is where I live. And my latest is They Never Learn, which is about a serial killer who um, hunts 
rapists on the college campus where she teaches. And I, so, you know, just like a light, light romp there. (laughs) Just like a breezy read, nothing too deep. I mean, she's having but fun. But totally, so. I mean, totally into that, like, totally into that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then I also have a podcast called Unlikable Female Characters, which is just what it sounds like. It's me and Kristen LaBianca and Wendy Hurd, two other crime writers. And we talk about unlikable female characters in books and movies and TV and sometimes real life. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. So fun. And Kate. I guess I'm the only one without a social media podcaster. <laughs> well, but, today um, you're declaring what it's going to be. Today you have to tell us. Um, so I have uh, five books out and my sixth comes out in August. It's called The Darkness of Others. That'll be on uh, Grand Central Publishing. And um, let's see, the one that my fifth one that's out now is uh, Her Three Lives, which is about a uh, home invasion that... Um, results in a a traumatic injury for the husband and he puts cameras all over the house and what he sees starts to make him question those closest to him. Ooh, good. Home invasions get me, which Kimberly knows because I had to like stop her book for like a day because I was like, this is really scaring me. (laughs) But I pushed through and persevered. I was like, I'm going to get over this. But I guess my first question to you ladies is before we jump into Young Rich Widows, which I feel like encompasses all sort of what you guys have talked about in your books, like suspense, thriller, killing, like so good, (laughs) is how did you guys sort of fall into this genre? Because you all are like, it's dark, it's addictive. Like, how did you sort of get here? And anybody can sort of chime in. Like, were you fans first? Is, you know, just sort of curious. Well, um, Orlaine, you want to go? Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, uh, you know, I always uh, read these books and I found them really, really interesting. I started off probably reading the serial killer books, which were big in like the 90s, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like Karen Slaughter and, you know, and then um, I, yeah. And, and I, you know, what I love about these books is that they really make your mind work because there's always a mystery and you're trying to figure out who did it as well as um, you're sucked in with these characters because you're meeting people kind of at the most dramatic points of their life, right? And the stakes are always really high. They're trying to, um, you know, hold their families together and sometimes survive a um, somebody that's out to physically harm them or or get rid of them. And so I think there's an immediacy to, to thrillers that um, makes them really fun to write because... Uh, just the circumstances that you're writing about are things that, that we're writing about our worst fears and our, um, you know, the things that would make us most emotional. And I think that that really brings us in. And then with a book like this, we also added a lot of fun. We added some camp, we added some mob. And so there's just, um, there's also a lot of kind of cultural touchstones that um, are relatable for people. So I think that's why it drew me in. I never really intended to write thrillers. When I wrote Temper, I didn't know that it was a thriller. I just really like writing about um, terrible people doing terrible things and playing mind (laughs) games with each other and just generally being awful, awful human beings. And I wrote that book and then kind of like people read it and were like, oh, it's like a psychological thriller. And I was like, is it? Okay. (laughs) And then with my second book, I was a little more like I had um, read more of the genre and like knew a little bit more what I was doing and intentionally wrote a thriller. But I found that 
I don't really like writing the like forensics side of it. Obviously writing about a serial killer, the cops are going to be on her tail and everything. And I was so bad at that part of it. Luckily, my podcast co-host, Wendy Hurd, is great at it. So she would advise me on all these things. I would text her like, oh, my character is going to do this. And she's like, no, she's going to get arrested instantly. Like, what are you doing? Stop it. And I was like, I just want to have the, the drama and the vibes and the, you know, and yeah. So I'm now, the book I'm working on now, there is a crime, but I'm like making sure to stay away from forensics and cops. And I, I just, I'm like so bad at it. I just want to write sex and drama, honestly. Like, and that's <laughs> so, it. Yeah. How about you, Vanessa? So I loved like Christopher Pike when I was growing up yes like kind of, he's kind of like R.L. Stein, but with sex yes I loved Christopher Pike and I always just like darker stuff but I actually tried to write a women's fiction this was 15 years ago um that you know was basically like an adult princess diaries and it and it was just me basically having these beautiful people sit around and have long dinners and talk to each other, which didn't make for a very good book. Um, and so I thought about like, well, what do I like to read? And I don't actually read a lot of that kind of women's fiction. And so I was like, okay, well you read thrillers. So you need to write thrillers. So that's kind of how I got on that set path. And for young rich widows, like, you know, we all write these, you know, dark and twisted characters in these like extremely difficult circumstances and which is great. And I love to do it, but it's kind of like, for me, it's like exhausting sometimes. And like, when you get done with a book and in my case, I'd written, I had two books come out almost within a year, which was like a lot. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I want to write a thriller, but I want it to be fun. Like I want it to be, you know, like a great eighties movie with like the campiness and like a little bit of silliness and the like, you know, fleeing from the bad guy, crazy music. And um, so even though I do love thrillers and there are certainly thriller elements in this for sure, um, it definitely has more of a like playful campy vibe. I think just cause like we, we wanted to just like have some fun. <laughs> it definitely yeah. does. It definitely does. And Kimberly, how about you? Um, so I agree. I don't remember which one of you guys said it, but I think maybe all of you, you know, I write the kind of books that I like to read. Mm -hmm. Um, and I tend to focus, I mean, if you look at my, my backlist, it's almost all, um, husband, wife. I mean, I have my darling husband, dear wife, <laughs> the marriage lie. I mean, I tend to kind of focus on those relationships. Um, just, because I think there's so much that can go wrong there. I think they're universally um, recognizable. Even if you're not married, you know what it would be like to, you know, sleep next to someone. And then if that someone betrays you, um, you know, there are a million ways that story can go. And um, so that's, that's kind of um, why I always end up in that hook. But for me, it's really, you know, there are thriller elements for sure in all my stories, but it's really about the relationships. Like what happens? How do you, you know, uh, how do you fix things or not fix things? You know, where's your line in the sand? Are you going to forget this person or not? And those to me, I mean, there are, I, I have a gazillion stories that I can still write um, just from those questions alone. I feel like too, and maybe it's, it's always sort of been like thriller addictive reads. Like there's always been a huge following, but I feel like over the last couple of years with like true crime podcasts and like different shows and things being, you know, put on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, like the 
these books are like people just want to escape and maybe it's been the last two years that like everyone's sort of like we don't want to watch the news like that's scary enough but I feel like they're having like a huge moment right now and Mm -hmm. I of course like I love like true crime podcasts and stuff like this even though sometimes I'm like why am I listening to this but you do get so sucked in do you guys like and I feel like maybe Kimberly and I we talked about this like where you're like I don't really like to watch like was that am I right on that answer where we were talking about something like Dateline or something you're like I don't really like to watch it but I'm totally fine writing it yeah yeah it's weird right because when it's happening on the page and you're writing it it's Mm -hmm. very different than when you're reading it I think um it's easier for me to you know take a little distance, I guess, because you're thinking about all the technical things that you have to think about when you're writing a scene and it doesn't feel that immediate. Although if you do it right, then when you're reading it, it does, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you got, how is it for you guys? Like, do you just like to be like writing and that's it? Or do you find yourself sort of like going into the genre for other things? Like if you listen to podcasts or like watch shows or whatever, or are you like, I'm out? I want to know if the owl did it with the staircase isn't that the one that <laughs> where there's that, that poor that, owl that poor owl the owl pushed the woman down the yeah stairs. so um, I you know I love the the puzzle aspect of it um I do agree that sometimes uh because it is true uh that you know if it gets too violent I just I can't deal with that and I think even in all my books gore is not really something I do it's more like something bad happens and now we're going to figure out why that happened from the perspective of the person it happened to, right? But, um, you know, I, but I do like the ones that, that aren't gory to, to try mm-hmm. and figure out what did happen. Um, I don't go as far as like joining those groups and trying to figure it out myself. But, uh, <laughs> but I think it's interesting. I did watch, what was it? Nobody, nobody F's with cats, right? Remember that oh, one? It was, yes. 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 And I, I, the whole time I was like, did he do it? it's this you know and so I I find that interesting you know totally I'm the opposite (laughs) I'm obsessed with real stuff like that is the sometimes that's a problem for me with fiction is I'm like this is good but it didn't really happen (laughs) um I love true crime I love documentaries I love podcasts um but it's because it's just like a, it's a human behavior thing. And I'm so fascinated by the choices that people make in these extreme situations. And, you know, my books are often very loosely inspired by real crimes, real murders, real people, because I just am completely, I just go down these rabbit holes and I, and, and I love finding something that is so terrifying and creepy. And it's just one or two degrees different than like reality. That's my favorite experience. Um, like when you read my books, many of the crimes, you can like Google them and they're inspired by real things. I just, that's my favorite. I love it. It's so scary. <laughs> I cannot handle true crime, uh, which surprises people. Uh, yeah. Like, especially serial killer stuff. I know. Me out. <laughs> but mostly if it's, if it's male serial killers, like that's too, like I watched um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the documentary series on HBO and just like had nightmares. It was like, I don't know. So I'm a baby about that stuff, but I love stuff about like scammers and con artists, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff where no one died, but at, 
I don't know. It's more entertaining. Like I've been watching that Hulu show, The Dropout recently about Elizabeth Holmes. And I'm obsessed with that. Just that whole story is fascinating to me, how she fooled so many people and that weird voice. And so like, that's the kind of crime I like more like cons and financial crimes and manipulation. Yeah, that was, that story was crazy. And the inventing Anna on Netflix is the same. Like I'm in the middle of that right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's so stressful to watch in like a completely different way. And I like, like true crime and stuff like that, but I, my heart's like racing. Cause I'm like all this money, like what's happening that, you know, it's totally fascinating. Um, so, okay. So you guys are like established, you have like all your solo books and then young rich widows is an idea. And I'm so curious to know, like who thought of the idea, who got it started? Like, tell me everything. Vanessa. Well, this is Vanessa. I, um, <laughs> this is my baby. Um, I, my, uh, I, I knew that Audible was buying audiobook projects from, um, like a lot of thriller authors. And, um, the thing is many of them are like short stories, which is awesome. And I've enjoyed them, but I've never written a short story. And I didn't feel like my first short story should be to pitch Audible <laughs> to take it on. But I did have this idea, which is Young Rich Widows, that what if um, the the premise is that um, these uh, four people um, are partners in a law firm and their plane goes down and they leave behind four widows. And um, my husband is a lawyer and he had just like very casually mentioned once that, you know, when he became a partner that, you know, he and his partners kind of shouldn't travel together because if something happens, like the firm would like kind of go to us, like the, these, the wives at the time, their only women. So it was like to the wives. And I was like, that's super weird. And my writer brain was like, okay, just like put that in the crock pot and just <laughs> let it marinate for. And so it's been years and years that I thought of that. And so when I was thinking about this audible project, I just also was like, you know, longing to have more interaction with people. It was like COVID. It was like, I want to have some fun. Um, I, I love group projects. So even though I had never done an audiobook and I've never done a co-writing project and I've never said anything in the eighties, <laughs> um, we like, I thought, okay, well, I need to find some fun co-authors. And I loved, I had luckily, um, this was like pre-COVID, I was able to go to a couple conferences um, around my debut coming out. So I had actually met all three of them already, which was awesome. And I knew I loved their work and that our voices you know, because we each write a different widow's point of view. So they need to be cohesive, but not the same. It's a point of view. So it needs to all be different. And so I, I thought we would complement each other nicely, but each kind of bring our own flavors to the character. Um, and I can say we, I was completely right. So this is mostly about me being a genius. And <laughs> no, but I, um, but I do know good books and I love their books. And I just thought we're going to have so much fun <laughs> with this story. So did you, you reached out and then one of To my surprise, they said, yes, I know, <laughs> but I mean, perfect combination, but what were your guys' thoughts? Cause I just find it's like you, Vanessa said, you were looking to be like interactive and obviously writing is so solitary. And so either like you're open to wanting to be super active, or maybe you want to just sort of stay in your own little place and, and write your books. But what were your guys' thoughts when she approached you and were like, here's my idea. Well, first of all, I loved the premise. I loved it. And it was exactly the right timing for me because I was in between 
projects. And I don't remember exactly what that looked like at the time, but I had like a couple of months to, you know, to spend time doing this and thinking about it and, you know, writing it. And so I was an immediate yes. And I was kind of in the same place, really lonely sitting at home by myself with COVID, um, you know, during the pandemic. And so I was like, let's do it, bring it. Yeah, I was so flattered to be asked. I was just like super honored. And, um, but I'm not a genius like Vanessa. I'm a dumbass <laughs> who uh, resigned from her day job on March 12th, 2020. <laughs> oh my gosh. So <laughs> I had this whole plan. I'm like real, you know, organized and I had this whole like quarterly goals and this whole plan. And then just everything collapsed as we all know, like nothing was going as planned as planned at that time. So I had been struggling to finish anything on my own and I had a lot of time on my hands. And so when I got that email, I was like, yeah, why not? I mean, okay. <laughs> I sure. wasn't sure what would come of it, but I was just kind of up for whatever at that point. And um, even though I I definitely, well, I thought I didn't like group projects. I love this group project. I love working with these ladies, but I've had um, bad group project experiences in the past, like in school, I'm like Vanessa, I guess. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know. I was definitely like lonely and just needed an outlet and to have fun. And so it was the perfect thing. It saved me. Cause I think I was just there all of a sudden, like you know, with my kids 24-7 and I love them dearly, but it was, you know, and, and I was going, okay, my new job is like homeschool teacher plus, uh. and, I, and I also had, you know, my, I, my next book wasn't coming out till August. So I had this time where like the book was in and I'm just kind of like waiting for, for edits and um, feeling kind of like a loss of identity, which, uh, you know, because by being confined. And so this was great because um, not only did we all get to talk and talk about you know, really plotting this book out and, and the character growth and everything. But um, we we had each other and it kind of also reminded us like, this is what we do and we exist in the world like this, which, um, you know, probably kept me from having way more wine than even I already drank. So that was- <laughs> <laughs> It was a good intervention. <laughs> yes, it was. How did you, before I ask, cause I'm so curious, um, to like know the process and how you guys, and like you had mentioned before, you all wrote one of the the wives, one of the characters. But my first question is why the eighties, which I love because I'm obsessed with the eighties, but why this decade? It would be fun. I just, and I didn't really want to be in a social media world and we all write modern thrillers. And so you're constantly just like Google and all the modern stuff. So it was really fun to be like, there's a brick cell phone in a limousine end of ways that you can track anyone down. Like that's it. So it was, and also like the clothes and mm -hmm. the music and just kind of like the campy fabulousness of it. The eighties was just kind of like perfect for it. And we could really escape, you know, sometimes when you're writing present day, you're just mired in reality and none of us wanted to be in reality. So we could just go, transport to a fabulous fur coat in the back of a limo in 1985 Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> I, I love it. And I totally, when you listen to it, you, you just picture like big hair, hairspray, like frosted lipstick, long fake nail, like the whole thing. It's so, so, so fun. And I was mentioning before, and for everyone listening that is in Massachusetts, there is a Filene's drop, which Filene's was everything. And 
a friend of mine actually posted the other day, the two bears, like Felix and Felicia that used to come out at the holidays. And I was dying laughing because I was like, oh my gosh, like things are so different. Malls are so different. Like the whole thing, it's all just so different. So I appreciated that throwback. But when you had mentioned before, Vanessa, like of an 80s movie, that's literally all I can picture is like, and it was like making me think of all these 80s movies that I loved. So I think that that was like the perfect escape decade to pick for, for these wives. But okay, so you've all your agreement with this idea. And so how did you guys start to write and sort of like get the ball rolling? Were you like meeting on Zooms? Were you like emailing, you know, snippets of what you had written? Like, I'm just so fascinated by, by what the process was. Let me take it. That one. Yeah, go. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, it, it worked out really well, actually. So what we did was first we did like, um, like a straight weekend on Zoom and we really plotted out, you know, how we thought the major beats of the story, how we thought it would go round robin between the characters. Cause it's, you know, it goes uh, one, two, three, four, and then it repeats and then uh, it goes through the whole book. And uh, what we would do is that af after we had kind of like a rough idea, we went and we wrote like our first round of chapters. And then we would meet, we would read, we would uh, have a deadline like midweek and then we would read it by the end of the week. And then that weekend we'd have another um, long Zoom where we would talk about continuity issues and then where, uh, where we were going for the next four and if the plot points that we had set out before still made sense or there were things that were developing that we needed to change. So we were kind of constantly in, in communication with this, this roadmap that we, that we set out. To make and um and we did it really fast because as a result it was like every week there had there were basically four chapters coming in and so you know um a whole book is like what is it 30 you know between 30 and 35 chapters so we were we were done lickety split and then we kind of just you know went over it again and and it was the best thing i thought was that it was like a writer's room you know like how how i imagine tv must be and cuz you're just getting you're getting immediate feedback on your ideas and sometimes we'd have a chapter and you know uh, we would go hey you know what would make it better or this character actually would kind of say this or or i want to push my character to grow a little bit more so can she do this and and it just made it so much better to kind of put where you're all working on the same goal of like making a book where the characters are all dynamic and then also a lot of like fun, crazy, amazing stuff happens. And um, so I just loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was great, right? Like just. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and it had almost that, um, I mean, I hesitate to compare it to, to improv as a theater person, but it was, it was like that yes and kind of like, oh, that's a great idea, but like, what if we also do this too? And just like adding on to each other's ideas. And I also think it worked really well because we each had ownership over one of the characters. Mm -hmm. So we were the authority on that character. And I won't say who was who, because I know we're going to guess later, but. <laughs> how did you guys come to, like, how did you know, did you pick? Like, were you like, okay, four wives and then let's brainstorm ideas. And then you guys went off and picked who you want to be. Or like, how did you figure out who was going to be who? Or did you get the like freedom to be like, okay, everybody go do a wife and then come back to the table? Or how did that work? Vanessa really started off with some great ideas, right? Vanessa, why don't you talk about it? Yeah, I, so I just knew generally, um, I think it's funny because like each person was able to just like bring the things I love often about like their books, which so like for kids, so 
Kim's, I can't give away the character though, right? I know, it's hard, it's hard. Why don't you the guess? Do you want me to do my guesses this. first? Yes, yeah. yeah. okay. guesses. Okay. Okay. And these are, like like I said, I'm not fully done with it. I could change my guesses, but I'm going off this point that I'm at right now. So I will read you what I think. Okay, so I thought Justine, Kate, Camille, Kimberly, Crystal, Vanessa, and Meredith Lane. Perfect. Boom. 100%. Did I get them all right? Yeah. Four yeah. four. Oh my God. Yeah. This is making my day. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I got it all right. I still feel like a kid when I get 100%. <laughs> a plus. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then how did you guys land on these characters? So, so I, I would also say I just gave them a couple little tiny ideas and then they built the whole character. So like I do not take credit for how awesome these characters are. Like for Kim, I knew, like I was particularly thinking of her book, Dear Wife, because it's just so like, it's like a strong voicey woman. Mm -hmm. um, and and I kind of wanted her to be a little bit of a gold digger, like a second wife type. Um, and as Kim, it's, has, you know, doesn't always write those type of characters, but I knew she, you know, she's got the, that like just strong voicey thing. And she brought in her Southern side, which was like perfect. Um, and for Lane, um, so I absolutely love both of her books and I knew that they were kind of sexy. Um, and I love sexy thrillers. In fact, I think there are not enough of them. And so for her character, I was hoping she could be bisexual. Um, and I was hoping that it would be like, she would have a, a female partner in the firm. So there's three men and a woman who are the partners in the firm. And then Lane had the fabulous addition of her being a stripper. <laughs> that was my first, I was like, could she be a stripper? Like first day. <laughs> I love that. That, that was little the line. I said yes faster than that than I did <laughs> my husband's marriage proposal. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and then, so for Kate, I, I knew I wanted Justine to have um, some kind of a biracial background because I, I think Providence is such a, like, generally speaking, kind of a white or at least Italian-American city. Um, and I wanted to kind of bring that outsider, particularly like, not just like ethnically, but she's actually from New York where, you know, Kate is from the area. And also she brought in this like really fun aspect of her being a model, like an ex-model turned frumpy housewife, which is just like perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I just barely sprinkled in like a little bits of things I knew that they do so well. And then they just went crazy. I love that. And I, and just from like reading like other, you know, your guys's books, that's how I sort of put it together because I feel like you said, like everyone's essences are like within these characters. Um, okay. So you had this idea because your husband's a lawyer, Vanessa. So you sort of had this, you sort of know how that goes down and, and, law and stuff like that how did you guys layer on then the like the mafia because I love and I and like mafia activity I feel like in New England was huge in the 80s we had like whitey and everything else or before the 80s but still like how did you want to add into that mix because again I love that and also like there's so many like 80s mafia movies like it was such a good throwback I feel um and having like women be at the forefront of sort of you know you kind of just put like males as the ones going up against the mafia and I love that they have to sort of like plot and figure out how they're gonna get through this 
Yeah, that was Vanessa too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we and did say podcast, she was a genius. Podcast. Well, it's no, it was really it's because I am and if I'm completely obsessed with, with Crime Town, which is a great podcast, but the very first season is all about Providence. And so there's a little bit of Whitey Bulger, Ooh. who's a Boston uh, mafia guy in it, but it's mostly about Providence. I'm writing just, this down. Oh my God, it is, you are going to die. It is, and you are, after you especially listen to our um, book, because so much inspiration came from Crime Town, because it's Uh like, it's like mobbed up. It's, but it's like, it's, it's like the glamorized mob, which the mob is terrible and scary. And of course, but also there's like the drugs and the sex and the strippers and the personalities. Mm-hmm. And they've all got these fabulous accents because they do tons of interviews in this podcast. And um, it's, oh, and then, I, you know, our, the mayor of Providence for many terms was a federally, com- was a, was a felon. Um, and so like, we just are a crazy place and it was so crazy in the eighties. And so we had a blast and actually, but Kate did a lot of research too, cause she's in the jurors. So it's not like they don't know what the mob is up there. So I remember <laughs> Kate also was like really into the mob stuff. <laughs> I was like, Oh, Oh, it has to have garbage. The mob is all over garbage. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I, I was I'm very interested in like the business workings of the mob, <laughs> you know, like. How does mob make money? I'm glad you were because like none of the rest of us were going to research that. I don't think so you were there <laughs> with all those facts. Did you like, what sort of things did you, aside from like looking into the mob stuff, did you have like inspiration boards of the eighties? Like, how did you sort of like lean like the stripper piece of it? Like what, you know what I mean? Like, how did you sort of get these characters inspired and what did, what sort of research or what did you sort of do to build up to, to write these women? So I had actually in graduate school, I wrote my thesis on burlesque and I worked at this archive that had all these like striptease materials going back to the 1900s. So it was a really good excuse to dip back into that research. I've always wanted to use it in a book somehow, but then I also, I watched Hustlers like an irresponsible number of times and I read a bunch of memoirs by strippers and things like that. And then a really fun thing we did is I, I think the rest of the ladies do this too, but like, I always face cast my characters as celebrities, but we picked. Oh, did she freeze? Did she freeze? So for this one, we would face cast 80s celebrities. We each picked one for our characters and some of the minor characters too. And I had pictures of mine um, up on my bulletin board in my office, which actually meant that I had a picture of Charlie Sheen on my wall for like six months, which I don't recommend, but it was really fun to pick these 80s actors. I want to know, can we share who you guys picked? Cause that I'm obsessed yeah. with this idea. Yeah. Okay. Who'd yeah. you pick Lane? Uh, for Meredith, it was Jennifer Connelly. Like, <gasps> That's yeah. so good. <laughs> That's really good. What about you, Kate? Lisa Bonet for Justine. That's really good. Perfect. Okay. I'm picked envisioning all of this. And now I'm gonna have these faces when now when I finish. So I'm excited. Vanessa. Bat Medler. Ooh. That's really good. And Kimberly. And then Camille. Camille was a young Jerry Hall. Ooh. That's really good, you guys. See, now I feel like something has to be made with this. Like, do you, this 1000% could be like a mini series, like 1 bazillion percent. Yeah. And it should be. I agree with that. It's very visual just because of all the, you know, 
um, 80s stuff. And we talk about the fashion and the hair and the makeup and the nails and the, you know, all that and the mop. I mean, come on. Just in well, it's the just, dialogue. I mean, the fact that this is an audible, like you'd be able to picture it if you're reading it as a book, but because you're getting just straight dialogue and it's four different narrators, they all have different voices. And I had to like classify at the beginning, I had to like learn. Cause I'm like, wait, who's talking? Like, cause it's hard with like audio. Sometimes you, if you zone out for one second, you're like, I have to go right back to, you know? So all the voices are so amazing. And the narrators, these women are so good at, at like just keeping you so hooked into it. And like when the mafia shows up and, you know, it's just, it's so good, but it totally needs to be a series. Will this ever? Yeah. It, totally. Um, would this ever come out in like a hard copy book or is because it's an Audible original, does it just have to stay in the Audible universe? I think after a certain period of time, right, we're allowed yeah. to um, have it come out as a book form, a printed book form. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it would be, I mean, it's going to be so on Audible, but I think it would just be great as a hardcover too, especially with the cover that's on Audible. Right. The perfect, the perfect artwork for that. Who were you guys all able to like give your voice to that with like the neon lights and the the colors and stuff? As I recall, they kind of hit it out of the park the first time around, right? We made little tweaks and there were some color differences, but I'm pretty sure that this is kind of like the one that we all were like, that's it, right? Yeah, the design, and then we asked them to change some of the the colors. It was like there was that design, but then we wanted the color palette from a different one, sort of. And then once you put them together, it was really perfect. But uh, again, Vanessa mostly did this, uh, sent them this amazing Pinterest board that was all this fabulous, like 80s neon stuff. It was so good. Love yeah. neon. I just, I don't know. I it's I keep perfect. getting these Instagram ads to put like a neon sign in my office. And I'm like, that's so extra, extra, but I love them so much. Anyway, so I was super inspired by neon covers because I just, there's just something about them and it's so 80s and it's so fabulous. It's like perfection. I'm looking at it right now. It's so good. And I totally support a neon sign. So I feel like you need that. Yeah, you deserve it, Vanessa. Yeah, I feel like. Do it. Do you guys think before we get to the, to the chic list, chic list questions, would you guys ever do this again? Like, it's so, so, so good. And I can't really say, I can't keep saying it enough, but like, it just is so smooth. Like you guys, it's like, you guys have done this for years and like, this is your 15th novel as like a foursome, but would you ever do it again? Yeah, we want to. Oh yeah. (laughs) We have actually ideas for the next at least three, right? Yeah. <laughs> that each one of us gets, you know, a book. This is kind of um, Justine's, it's not really Justine's book, but she's like, it's her story. A lot of it is her story. And then we have ideas for the other characters that they get their book too. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. amazing. <gasps> okay, I'm so, so And this comes out rough. next Wednesday, the 14th. Um, and okay. We're going to get to our questions and we can just like, if you just want to keep it, we'll go around. I don't know how you guys can see the screen, but um, we can just go around. So, okay. This is the chic list for this fabulous foursome. Okay. What three celebrities, authors, figures, living or dead, would you want to have a book club with? (laughs) 
You want me to go? Yeah, what order are we going in? Okay, <laughs> Kimberly, Kimberly, Vanessa, Lane, Kate. That's how I can okay. see it. All right, so I kept this in my 80s, in the 80s uh, thing. So I came up with Molly Ringwald, Rob Lowe, and Ali Sheedy. <laughs> love. Oh, I love that. Rob Lowe, I feel like I'd have a lot to share. For sure. Okay, Vanessa. So up. I definitely would do um, Joan Collins, <laughs> since we're doing that. Um, you know... I also kind of want, if we're doing 80s, like maybe the girls um, from Go Fuck Yourself, I feel like would be really fun in an, like an 80s book club. Um, really yeah. And so, so I, I would love to do like a dishy, you know, and maybe like Truman Capote. I don't know. Like just somebody who was going to really like tell it how it is. Um, I, I want a dishy book club. I love it. I love that. I didn't know we were doing 80s, so I went like 1880. Because <laughs> one of mine is Oscar Wilde, and then um, yeah. he would be great in any book club, but he would talk the whole time. And then uh, Reese Witherspoon and Roxanne Gay were my other two. I feel like Ooh. they would all fight, and it would be awesome. I would just sit there and like popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, well, I think I wanted, I was also thinking 80s. So I was thinking Nora Ephron. Mm. I would love to have her perspective on the book club. I think we're gonna have to bring in Truman Capote, right? To And then um, I was actually thinking Billy Crystal because I think you need some comic relief. With yeah. that group. Good one. That's, That's like really good. Idea. That's really good. Oh, I love this 80s theme. I'm gonna have to, I have to craft up my 80s book club because I don't have that. Um, current binge series, Kimberly. Well, if Camille were answering, it would probably be something like, I don't know, the facts of life or something. <laughs> but I am really watching We Crashed. Have you guys watched that? I haven't watched that, but About the three workspace. Yeah, it's amazing. And I love Jared Leto. He is such an amazing actor. I'll watch anything he's in. I know. He really can do no wrong. He's so, he can do anything. Did you guys see him in House of Gucci? Yeah. He looked so different. I was like, who is that? He's amazing. He's just, he's, yeah. So mine, um, I just started Younger. Which oh, everyone I, younger. yeah. I would love to discuss that with you when you get a little yeah. further. <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm only on like the third or fourth episode, but it's, you know, set in publishing and it's already, I kind of, it's like way better than I even expected. I, so I'm really excited to have this like fun, indulgent binge ahead of me I'm, I'm loving it I loved that series I was I sad when it stopped it was exactly it what you said it was fun oh sorry yeah. oh I loved it too because it was entertaining but also because I could yell at the tv about all the things they got wrong about publishing so I could be like right and angry at the same time which is like my favorite <laughs> state of being <laughs> Um, so my current binge series, actually I have an 80s answer for this one, uh, cause I'm watching the final season of glow. Finally, the gorgeous <gasps> ladies of wrestling. I that love that show. And I don't know why I waited so long to watch the third season, but I've been really loving it. I've gone through almost all, I think I have like one left and then there's no more. So I'll be sad. <laughs> it was so good. And the soundtrack was like, perfect. Yeah. They had, like, I don't even know this series. <gasps> you don't. Oh my God. No. It's so good. Kim. Okay. I'm writing it down. It's really good. It's really yeah, so it's on good. Netflix. There's three seasons. Um, it stars Allison Brie. It's really good. Okay. Um, I'm 
watching you. Well, actually, I, I just finished it, so I need a new one, but Yellow Jackets. Oh, I think that- love Yellow Jackets. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Also a really good soundtrack. <laughs> yes. Really good soundtrack. It, uh, it um, jumps back and forth between like, I guess it's really the 90s, you know, and, um, but yeah, it's these, just these strong female characters dominate the whole thing. And I, I just love it. I was obsessed with Yellow Jack. I was like, this is at the end. I was like the last five minutes. I was like, wait, this can't be the finale right now. I need yeah. more. I need more. Okay. Let's see. The next question. Okay. Um, last favorite book and current read. Um, so this is me, not Camille. I just read Love of My Life. Have you guys read that? So good. It oh, was by uh, Rosie Walsh. Good morning. Yes. It was so fabulous. Good. Such a good book. Um, and I am about to start, I haven't really started it yet, but the lost book of Eleanor Dare, is that what it is? Um, Kimberly Brock, she's an Atlanta author, so a pal of mine. So I just loved um, In the Dark We Forget by um, Sandra S.G. Wong. It's like, it opens with a woman who can't remember anything that's happened, like amnesia, and come to find out she's um, connected to her parents who are missing who have a winning lottery ticket and it's set in Canada um and has some like really like fascinating um like woodsy scary cool vibe so definitely grab that um I, it's not quite out yet but it will be soon and then I um am about to start Blood Will Tell by Heather Chavez um and I am I loved her um debut novel um, and then I'm super excited to read. This is her second. I just got an arc of Sandra's book because we're interviewing her for unlikable female characters in a couple weeks. So I'm really excited to read that. It sounds so good. Um, so my favorite book I read recently was I finished this galley of this upcoming thriller. I think it doesn't come out till December. Sorry, but <laughs> look it up when it's out. Um, it's called Someone Had to Do It by Amber and Danielle Brown, who are a twin sister writing team. Ooh. So that's got to be an interesting co-author experience, I guess. It was so fun. It's um, about the main character is this young black woman who works in fashion and gets like drawn into this crime and scandal and everything. And it's just that kind of escapist thriller. Like I swear there were 10 sex scenes before the midpoint. I was like about it. <laughs> so um, I, I haven't written my official blurb yet, but it will be glowing because I was obsessed with this book and you should mm -hmm. definitely check it out in December. And then I am currently reading a trashy 1994 paperback about Tanya Harding because uh, my next book is about figure skating. So it's research. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I'm excited about that. I was a fully, fully obsessed with the Nancy Harrigan, Tanya Harding scandal as I was in like elementary school. Yeah. This book is like, it came out in January, 1994. So they wrote it in like a week. It was like, it's like about the scandal, but before even the Olympics that year, it's, it's written by is two there like men. Few, it's like, like a few picture pages in the middle. I feel like that's yeah, all those like true. Yes. Yes. Oh, I did. I read that. I fully read that. Like you did. Okay. In fifth grade or whatever it was. That's I don't, amazing. Probably not appropriate for me to be reading that, but. I was yeah. fully invested in that whole thing. It's called, I just realized I, I held it up and no one would be able to see this on the audio. So it's called Thin Ice, the complete uncensored story of Tanya Harding, America's bad girl of ice skating. <laughs> it's so trashy. I love it. <laughs> um, I'm Well, I just, uh, 
I'm actually in the middle of reading uh, Walter Mosley's The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray um, because I'm also watching this series and I'm, I'm always really interested to see how, how things get adapted and particularly when the author is involved in the adaptation. So um, it's really great. It's, a, it's painful because I lost my own grandparents to, to Alzheimer's and dementia, but it's like, it's just so interesting what memory means to us. And anyway, so love that. And after I finish it, uh, Kelly Garrett's Like a Sister is on my list. I have been meaning to read it for a while now and I just haven't had the chance. Um, that's what happens when you're 40 years old and you go back to grad school for an MFA, <laughs> right? You have, you have all your like required readings, so. But for something so cool, Kate should tell, she's, Kate's going back for screenwriting. I just think it's the coolest thing ever. That is so cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's fun. I'm, I'm an NYU student at, uh, at uh, you know, uh, Tisch for screenwriting in their dramatic arts department. That's amazing. See, perfect. There's already somebody that can help adapt Young Red Twitter. So it's <laughs> happening. You heard it here first, people. Um, <laughs> Manifest it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm all about that. Um, in like a short little blurb, describe your writing space. So, well, this is not my writing space that I'm sitting in here. So when I say it and y'all are like, what? Um, my writing space is very pink. It's very girly. It's lots of flowers and velvets. And um, I don't sit at a desk. I have a, I have a table in there, but really I'm just usually on some chair with my laptop on my lap and uh, my dog on my, uh, my feet. My writing space is very woo woo. Um, Cause I am woo woo. I have an altar to my ancestors beside me. <laughs> I like candles at and talk to. I have crystals everywhere. I have tarot cards for when I need them. I have manifestations on post-its surrounding me. I have advice on post-its surrounding me. I've it, it takes a lot of emotional effort for me to write apparently because it's just woo woo everywhere in my writing space. I love it. Mine's pretty woo woo also. I have a lot of crystals and candles and tarot decks and all that stuff, but it's definitely like dark. I have a black wall behind me, <laughs> a lot of skulls, uh, but it's also like to me very serene and I try and keep it really clean and well-organized because if anything's out of place, I just can't concentrate. Um, my writing space is wherever I can get a few minutes with my laptop because I just, um, I, I used to have an office and then COVID happened and my husband started to divide the office with me. And what I realized is that I can't write anywhere where he's doing his very math heavy finance management stuff. I just, it, it's like a creativity killer. So, <laughs> You're like, so you don't I need mean, that energy. <laughs> I don't. So he, wherever he is, I try to be like the furthest place in the house and like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I write. I love him dearly, but I can't write anywhere near him. And, um, and so, yeah, right now it's been, sometimes it's, it's a chair, it's a couch, it's a deck, it's wherever I can, you know, sit with my laptop. Love it. Um, name something chic. Uh, well, Camille would say high heels and higher hair. <laughs> Love that. Um, I think maybe uh, Crystal would be after my own heart, which is a really chic, delicious pastry. <laughs> like maybe like a really great, we, there's some cannoli in our book. Cannoli. I was just at LaSalle's Bakery, which I think we 
talked about there. And I just saw LaSalle's cannoli yesterday. Um, and I was thinking of our book and they are so good. So maybe not exactly normally chic, but I mean, a beautiful pastry is that is fabulous. chic. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, I would say, and Meredith would probably agree, like a really great black leather jacket. That's like a little beat up. <laughs> Love that. Um, I think Justine's really into designers. So I'm guessing she would be throwing out some names here. She'd be like Valentino, Givenchy. Right? But um, I think, you know, for me, uh, what I find really chic is, um, is a nice faux fur coat. Cause I just, I love the feeling and also knowing that nothing died to make it. <laughs> Agree. Because there is no fur. Fo- there's no faux fur in our book. Sorry, guys. No, zero, not, like, not zero faux. It is all real in our book. Yeah, sorry, Peta. But like, no animals were harmed. It's just a book. No, <laughs> it's just an audible. <laughs> when um, they make the movie, they'll use faux fur. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference. Um, do you have a favorite book that you gift? Yes, I um, love Young Pueblo's Clarity and Connection, and I give that one all the time. It's amazing. It's all little snippets of, I mean, it's not really poetry, I don't think, but it's, you know, all about exactly connection, how you connect to other people. And um, it's it's one of those that you can highlight and dog ear and um, lots of gems in it. I love to give, especially writing books um, to like, creative friends. So I, I mean, Bird by Bird by, by Anne Lamott is wonderful. And I also really love, um, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, which is, um, sort of written a little bit like, um, The Art of War with little small chapters, but it's sort of like little pep talks to help like get a creative person like going. Um, cause a lot of times, you know, we resist and this, um, I love to give to people, especially if they're like struggling a little bit creatively and I am always creatively struggling. So I read it a lot. Um, mine would be Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. I like, if I could buy every woman I know a copy of this book, I would. <laughs> I think it's like a vital, vital reading. It's just basically about how we're all stressed out and what to do about it. Very relevant to our current times. Yeah. Um, well, recently, but I think because of the screenwriting, it's, I would give Sid Fields on, you know, on screen writing. I also um, love uh, Stephen King's On Writing. It's kind of part memoir, part um, writing manual. And um, yeah, I just love those two. And I think because a lot of my friends are writers, I, that would be. Love those. Um, okay, if you could have one song as the theme song of your life, what would it be and why? Well, Camille chose an 80s song by NXS, Need You Tonight. Oh. I love that one. Me too. Um, I'm just gonna say in general, a Prince song. Um, we have a Prince, I think. It's, is it When Doves Cry? Yeah, um, such a great song. And so I'm gonna just kind of go with a, a Prince song just for the emotional appeal and the fabulousness of Prince, R.I.P. <laughs> I love yeah. Prince. Um, mine would be conceited by Remy Ma because like, that's the song that I put on when I need to just like pump myself up and like feel like a badass before an interview or like anything I'm, I'm nervous about. Uh, not cause I actually want to be conceited, but there's just something about that song where I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm awesome. Like sometimes you need to feel that way. Totally. 
I think when I, when I think of this book, I think of the Eurythmic Sweet Dreams. You can all hear the bass line, right? The opening bass line. Because it's just, um, it's about like all the, you know, things people do in the dark, right? That get them in trouble. So, um, yeah, I love that one. And it's so, the beginning is so 80s. Like if it's yes. like a synthesizer or something at the beginning, like you automatically are transported to the 80s. I love that. Uh, must have beauty item. Well, Camille would definitely say hairspray. <laughs> Lots of hairspray. Aquanet. Uh, Crystal's a curvy girl, um, as am I. And so she does some spank. Well, she does like kind of a corsety thing. I remember my, um, you know, like the 80s style and God knows I have spanks. So in my forties now, I have liberated myself a lot more from <laughs> restrictive and sort of but crystal's still in that zone of tuck and nip so i i think that's probably her must have for sure um for meredith it would be black eyeliner for sure i will say one for myself too just because i'm trying to like spread the gospel about this product um spread it. floral i think it's called the floral recovery calming mask by fresh i got it at sephora a few weeks ago the sales woman was like oh, it just like takes all the redness right out of your skin. It's like one of those thick masks you leave on overnight and it's like $70. So I was like, bullshit, but I'll try it and see. And like, she was telling the truth. It's <gasps> a miracle. <laughs> I just like slather it all over every night and it feels so luxurious. And yeah. So I'm What's just it called again? I'm writing this down. Uh, it's the floral recovery mask from Fresh. It's in this like okay. big blue jar. So even though it's expensive, you get a lot of it. I think that jar will last me. And you're time. saying it works. So it's oh yeah. It. I think Justine would be cocoa butter, which is an 80s classic that still works till today. If it's the winter and you know you're going, your skin's gonna get dry, you slather on that cocoa butter and it uh, takes away all the, all the ash, right? Like. <laughs> you can close your eyes and you're on the beach. Yeah, the smell. It smells so good. So nice. Yeah. Okay, I feel like you'll got, you guys love good answers for this. Um, if you could name just one lipstick after a book, what would you call it and what shade would it be? Um, Camille says naughty red and like <laughs> red. Love. I think Very crystals shiny. would be like a ball buster red. <laughs> um, I felt like a lot of pressure with this question because I used to have a website called read your lipstick where I would do book and lipstick pairing. <laughs> what? I, stopped, it, I didn't. It was Are like there my 2020 project. Yeah, I, th I think I don't think the website's up anymore because I stopped paying for the domain. But there's an Instagram. It's like read your lipstick, like at read your lipstick. And it's okay. and it's fantastic. I loved it. I mean, she would I'm, pair colors and themes with books. You, Courtney, you have got to go. It's like, so good. This it's is on like my dream come true. So many things <laughs> I'm getting out of this discussion. I'm so excited. Um, but if we're talking Meredith, I actually love like a green lipstick. I will wear that like not even on Halloween. So she would have one that was the color of money and called tip me. Ooh. Oh, you're so amazing. good at this. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that. <laughs> I just, I just want uh, Lane's lipstick. Um, I this think is Glossier Ultra Lip. <laughs> Um, I think Justine would have um, maybe something that's like red with a little chocolate in it. So maybe like cherry bomb. Nice. Ooh, oh, and that matches our cover because it has a cherry bomb um, on it. 
there needs to be like a lipstick collection. This is the thing is like, uh, you guys come and bring all these great ideas. And then I'm like, I wish I was like a lipstick manufacturer. I would, I mean, you could buy a collection of four lipsticks. Be perfect. You could. That would be pretty fun. Vanessa, <laughs> book Sephora. Sephora, are you listening? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we're tagging Sephora. Like we need to make these things happen, you guys. Um, okay. And lastly, best advice you've ever received. Mm-hmm. So this is advice that Camille got from Crystal um, <laughs> when she was trying to, when she's trying to get someone, usually a male, often a male, um, to do something for her. Crystal says to use what the good Lord gave you. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> um, I think Crystal learns this lesson in our book and it's a lesson that I definitely keep close. And I think this project demonstrates, which is don't do it alone. It's so much more fun and better with other people. Um, and especially people that you really love and enjoy spending time with and cheering each other on and having fun. Like stuff can be fun. Mine would be, and this is something that I've been trying to learn myself and writing this project definitely helped me. And that's to not be afraid to be self-indulgent, just to like give in to all of the things that you want to do that just bring you joy for the sake of it. And this project was definitely that for me. Like we, we wrote a really great book and it's tightly plotted and all that, but we just had so much fun. And it was like, we want to, you know, my character is a stripper and we're going to have shoulder pads and wolves and just like whatever we wanted to throw in, we just indulged ourselves and it was so much fun. So I'm trying to bring that to my solo work as well now. Um, I just think it's, it's, you know, like never stop learning and growing. Um, that's it, with my character just seen in this book, that's one of the problems is that she's kind of, you know, stopped challenging herself because she thinks that now that she has a kid, her role is, you know, just mom. And so just to like, you know, always push yourself as an individual to keep learning new stuff. And that's what we did with this book. We like said, okay, first group project, first audio book. And, and it turned out great. No, you guys absolutely nailed it. And echoing just what Lane said, this book is so fun and I'm not even finished with it. Um, if I could listen to it all day, I would, but it's so fun. It's the perfect escape. It's so addictive. Like this is the type of content that we need these days. And I'm so glad Vanessa, that you're a genius <laughs> and you came no. up with this idea and asked these amazing writers who, you know, you guys all before were equally as fabulous and then as a foursome, like, I feel like you're unstoppable. So to hear that there's like more to come from you guys is everyone's going to finish this and, and want to know that. So, um, so everyone, absolutely. If you don't subscribe to audible, you will for this book. If you do, you absolutely have to listen to this book and, um, and just go back to the eighties, which is a fun place to be. So thank you all so much for, for chatting with me. You guys are so fun and I can't wait to celebrate more with this book. Oh, thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Young Rich Widows is out April 14th and you totally have to download it.